everybody. Welcome to a Friday night edition of UGA Sports Live, if you will. A, we're having a special edition, basically a reaction show to the fact that uh, Georgia is now having to replace two coaches. It's already replaced two. You know, uh, you lost Fran Brown to Syracuse and uh, Will Muschamp stepped down and uh, Georgia is able to uh, replace both of those guys. But uh, now you're losing Brian McClendon and Del McGee. That's that's tough for any coach. I mean, any program in the nation would be happy to have Del McGee, Brian McClendon, Fran Brown, or Will Muschamp as a recruiter, much less a coach. They're all good coaches. And to have all those guys uh, uh, depart, if you will, uh, it's tough. Now, of course, you got Dante Williams coming in and uh, Travis Robinson, two great hires. So you know, Kirby's got a long uh, Rolodex. Young kids might have to ask somebody else what the hell that means. He has a long list, if you will, of of coaches that he could bring in. And now he's got to replace his wide receivers coach and his running backs coach. And uh, shout out to both of them. Uh, very happy for Dell McGee getting the Georgia State job. I think he's going to make an excellent head coach. I think he's one of the best coaches out there. Uh, just, I mean, just a great human being. And he's been in the business a long time. And I'm glad that he finally got his break. There have been numerous times that other schools have uh, – uh, come after him. Other programs have come after him. And he is, I don't want to say stayed loyal to Georgia because that's uh, that's almost uh, a misnomer, if you will. He was waiting to get the right opportunity. There were other people that wanted him to come and do similar jobs. But he's like, no, he was part of Kirby Smart's first staff and uh, Kirby's fought like hell to keep him. And he did. But Del McGee was waiting for the right opportunity. This was the right opportunity. He jumped on. He got it. He's uh, He nailed it. So uh, very, very happy for Dale McGee. But this leaves Georgia in a bind. There's no question about it. I mean, he, this is a guy who, uh, let's uh, look at the fact that just recently, you know, I say recently, he's, he's always been known as a great recruiter. Um, but if you go back not too long ago, I mean, it's a you know, recruiter of the year. Um, let me set this up here. Dale McGee, recruiter of the year. Uh Guy, not only did he bring in, you know, uh, DeAndre Swift, Zamir White, James Cook, Justin Fields, Jamari Sawyer, Brenton Cox, Christopher Smith, Aziz Ojolari, Warren Erickson. I mean, all the guys out of Phoenix City, all the guys out of Columbus, Michael Williams, just you name the five star. Uh, at some point, it seems that uh, Del McGee had him. And that's what we would always hear when Kirby Smart was talking about uh, or when uh, the, the recruiting was getting hot and heavy. It was always, uh, well, they, they put Dell on him. Those those were the words. Those were the words. That's when you knew the shit was coming. Uh, Dell's on the case, and it wasn't. It wasn't always his position. Of course, he recruited all the running backs. You know, he got you, uh, uh, Kendall Milton. He, he got you, Dejon uh, Edwards, uh, Branson Robinson, Roderick Robinson. I mean, if you go down his running back room, it's loaded with talent. Uh, he's got guys in the NFL. You know. Uh, his development of Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, uh, DeAndre Swift, James Cook, uh, Zamir White, the, the, the numbers those guys put up in the NFL, phenomenal. Uh, he he's brought in what, three running backs in this last recruiting class. So that's good. But it was always the other guys that he would add to it. You know, the Michael Williams, you know, the uh, Malachi Starks, all the guys that he was named in addition with, you know, so. Anyway, uh, Dominic Blaylock, uh, A.J. Harris, 
uh, Marcus Rosby Jackson. There's a lot, a lot of guys that he was associated with that he brought in. So losing him is a big deal. Now, does Georgia go and get Jimmy Williams? Uh, I mean, Jimmy Smith? Very possible. That could be big. Now, uh, Arkansas, I'd hate to lose him, but uh, Jimmy Smith would be a fantastic hire for Kirby Smart. And I'm not saying that's who he is, but I, I know that they looked at Jimmy Smith. They interviewed him. Um, for well, he was interviewed ostensibly for the wide receivers job. Now, Kirby Smart has known that he's going to have to replace Del McGee at some point, so you can use the we've got a wide open wide receiver spot, and then you interview him, and you can bring him in as your uh, uh, running backs coach. He's you know this is a former Cedar Grove coach uh, in Atlanta, the powerhouse. He knows everybody in the state. He's very well regarded in the state. And now you could have a guy like him that's um, uh, comes in. He's been coaching at Arkansas. You could have him come back to his home state, and that would be really big because not just because you're trying to pull kids out of Cedar Grove, but mainly because you're trying to uh, – you want a guy who's connected all over the state, who needs to be able to recruit this state, and Jimmy Smith could do that. So uh, we actually have a story on the front page of UJSports.com about – the fact that Jimmy Smith is a name to watch, you know, he's, we got the pictures here of uh, him and uh, Kirby Smart hanging out together. Oops, let me call that back up. Uh, sorry, I lost it real quick. There we go. Um, I mean, that, Looks like guys that have known each other for a long time, and Kirby Smart has known Jimmy Smith for quite some time. So you could get Jimmy Smith to come in, and that would be a big, a big get. Um, now, what does he do for wide receivers coach? I'm just going to throw this name out there. Let me know in the comments if you got somebody you think that he should bring in uh, different. But I think he goes after James Coley. Uh, James Coley's now at South Carolina. He's been there for maybe a month or so. He hasn't been there too long. And I can see him bringing in James Coley to, again, you've got to replace strong uh, recruiters. Dale McGee, great recruiter. Brian McClendon, great recruiter. Will Muschamp, you replaced him with Traverse Robinson, a great recruiter. Brandon Brown, who opened up the Northeast to you, and you were getting all those guys out of the uh, Northeast. You replaced him with Dante Williams, who hopefully opens up California for you a little bit more. Ooh, I might have mixed that a little strong. Mm. Sorry, folks. <laughs> that might have that been a little too much. Um, but if you could get back into Miami, if you can go back and get all those kids out of uh, Miami, uh, South Florida, those would be huge. Corey, wh wh why don't you want uh, Coley? You, you don't like uh, Miami kids? You don't like kids out of South Florida? You don't like uh, uh, the sheer number of recruits he brought in? The guy's one of the best. Um, yeah, uh, James Wilkins says you can bring in Joe Cox. I can see that. I mentioned him in my initial list because everywhere Mike Bobo has been, Joe Cox has uh, almost been sure to follow. He's good enough for Alabama. He's good enough for you. Uh, he's also, again, a guy who's tied to Georgia, a, a former Georgia quarterback who would be fantastic recruiting here. He can say, look, when I played at Georgia, uh, here's what it was like. So that's a guy you could bring in as well. I, I like him a lot too. Um, has good coaching chops. I know a lot of people, he, he, he's not a sexy hire for a lot of people because they just think it's a, they just don't know what Joe Cox has done, but he is very well regarded in the coaching ring. So I could definitely see him as well. <laughs> Dominique, hell no, not Joe Cox. Oh, why, Dominique? Why? And I'm not picking, I'm not trying to pick fights with anybody. I'm too mellow for that. You know, 
get mellower as we go. And I'll talk about our friends uh, uh, at uh, the Rogue Shop who, who can get you very, very mellow here. Uh, but no, Dominic's uh, again, it, it's the same with Mike Bobo. You got the Mike Bobo defenders, you got the Mike Bobo haters. Um, Joe Cox defenders, Joe Cox haters, James Coley <laughs> defenders, James Coley haters. Uh, I don't know where Miss Mary comes down, uh, what side she comes down, but uh, uh, we'll get her thoughts in a minute. Uh, Christopher Metcalf has the uh, the thought that we're all that we all have. Hey, great, happy, thrilled for Dell McGee. This is something that he is is well deserved. Happy he's getting it, uh, but. It's tough for George. It really is. So, uh, and, and Chris puts out a good point. <laughs> Happy for him. Glad he never went to Auburn. Every year we were hearing that Auburn was going to hire him. That Auburn was coming for Dell McGee. Hell, and, and every time they had a change, it was, they're, co they're coming for Dell McGee. Hell, we had to put down rumors this year. This year, I was hunting down rumors that uh, Dell McGee was back in uh, play at uh, uh, Auburn. So, uh, that's a big get. I mean, a big. Big get for Georgia State. A double bonus, if you will, that he's not at Auburn and recruiting over there, loading up the Auburn uh, roster and coming after you. So, But the only way they were going to get him was to basically make him the offensive coordinator. So that's two position coaches. I didn't just thought about that. Fran Brown and Del McGee, both two position coaches who jumped straight to head coaching jobs. That Kirby, that Kirby coaching tree is pretty damn good. Uh, Chris Davis says, I would love to be hired Jimmy and James. Yeah. I, again, I, my point is, and I'm not, I, I don't know Jimmy Smith. I mean, I, I've run into him because I've been on coming recruiting forever, but I don't know if he's a great coach or not, or if he's one of the best recruiters out there. He's very well regarded. I do know James Coley. Um, we're not tight or anything, but I've covered him. I've spoken to him numerous times. And again, he's one of the best recruiters in college football. There's a reason. He was made offensive quarter. There's a reason Texas m went after him. There's a reason South Carolina wants him. Everybody knows it. The man runs South Florida. So uh, if you want him, uh, if you want to get those good players, you got to get him. And it wasn't just a South Florida guy. Um, give me one second. I'm going to have to look up something here real quick. Uh, because the, the, the comments were, somebody put a list on the board at UJSports.com, which is you know where we all work. And the list of players that he uh, brought in was just ridiculous. Um, okay, I got it here. Give me one second. I'm slow as anything. Go ahead and pour yourself another drink while I'm looking this up until I wasn't prepared. Uh, I, Tyson Campbell, was he any good? He was pretty good. George Pickens, was George Pickens any good? Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, Tariq Stevenson, pretty good. He helped with James Cook, yeah. Uh, Isaiah Wilson, uh, Dominic Blaylock, Kears Jackson, Mark. Jeremiah Holloman, Mark Webb, Kenny McIntosh, Riley Ridley, Carson Beck, Devon Wilson. Yeah, that's what James Coley got you. So, um, pretty pretty good list there. Uh, oh, that's a good question here. Uh, Chris Garcia says, don't you have to replace Scott Cochran? Yes, but he was not a position coach. Now, he was a your special teams coordinator. So, uh, they pretty much replaced him. They announced they, they did, but again, that's another guy who was, he wasn't a great recruiter on the road. He's not allowed. Scott Cochran was not allowed to go on the road and recruit players. 
Uh, that wasn't an option for him. Uh, but it, it was um, when the kids would come visit. And that's what we always talk about when guys visit Georgia. We always talk about the calculus changes for them because they have such a good visit. And here's the thing. It is scripted so well from the moment you arrive to the moment you depart. Um, where you where you go, who you see, what you do on that. And a lot of the people you meet, well, some of the guys they meet, they meet Scott Sinclair, uh, Coach Sinclair, the weight, uh, you know, who's in charge of Georgia's weight room. But they would meet Scott Cochran and, you know, that gravelly voice and his energy. He helped, They meet Jonas Jennings. They meet uh, Brandon Boykin. They meet all these other people, all the, uh, the women in the recruiting office who they just love, you know, who take good care of them, who, who recruit them so hard. You get them on campus and it changes the calculus. And now not having Scott Cochran there, yeah, that's another blow. So my point is, if Kirby Smart's able to replace four on-field coaches and multiple guys, and um, some, of his, some of these guys at Georgia might leave with uh, Dill McGee. You can see Brandon Streeter of the, you know, the offensive analyst from Clemson. He could go. Uh, I could see uh, uh, Gummy, uh, Van Gorder. To see him going and getting an on-field position. There are a lot of guys within the program who might get jobs with Dell McGee at Georgia State. So, in other words, Kirby Smart's having to replace a lot, a lot of people this time around. So, when if he goes and wins another national championship next year, you got to realize that he may have won it in January and February when he was replacing coaches. It's uh, that's a tough, tough job to do. Uh, oh, Steve Murphy Green says Terrence Edwards. The guy coaches up. I mean, he's got he's got a new head coaching spot, but he coaches up wide receivers like nobody's business. He's great at it. Uh, big fan of Terrence Edwards. Uh, when we first took over UGA Sports, it wasn't too long. We reached out to him, and he was actually helping us with the recruiting stuff. He wrote up some stuff for us. Uh, he kind of outgrew us. He got bigger than us because he he's Terrence freaking Edwards. But uh, uh, I've always got a soft spot in my heart. Hell, I covered him. You know, when he was in college. So uh, big fan of him. Uh, but yeah, I don't think you could go wrong with Terrence Edwards. Again, he he knows all the wide receivers in the state. So, but uh, he does have a new coaching job. So, I don't know if he'd be willing to leave that. Uh, Matthew Daniel, hey, HZ Dale go, but he earned his job very high for him. That's been our number one thing. We've been talking about talking about that a lot. It's like I've had a lot of people just personally in my field, guys I've brought in as. One of the owners of one of my competition is a guy I brought in as an intern and got him started in it. Uh, a lot of guys in this industry worked for me at UGASports.com and are now at On3247, AJC. You know, they, they got their start here. Um, they're competing against me, but I don't begrudge them because I love them and I'm happy for them. Now, do I wish they'd go to a different market? Maybe, because I know that they're really good at what they do. Uh, but the point is you're, you hate to lose them, but you're so bloody happy for them. And so that's the way I feel about Del McGee. Del McGee has been always been very helpful to us. He's been great to us. And if you're a Georgia fan, he won you two national titles. He's, he's leaving the cupboard loaded with talent. He's done wonders for you. You hate to lose him, but you just got to wish him well. And then you may move on to what's next. Um, uh, yeah, it, that, Evan Grimes brings up the fact that he gets to coach his son. His son uh, is, a, I think, a freshman at Georgia State. 
That's huge. I mean, when I'm on my deathbed, probably in three, four weeks, who knows? Uh, whenever it comes to get me and I'm sitting there going, this is, this is the end for me. I'm going to look back on the fact that I was able to coach my son in little league stuff and just those moments. And kind of, if I could coach him in Ranger Challenge right now at the University of North Georgia, <laughs> I'd be over there getting up at 4.30 just to be able to tell him to run up and down the hills faster with those giant backpacks on. I'd be happy to do it. So uh, it's that has to factor into, you know, another reason why he took the job. Hell, uh, Will Muschamp came back, you know. See his boy, Mike Bobo's at Georgia coaching Drew Bobo. It matters. You, you only get one shot at that. Those guys have made a ton of money and they're happy. But what money can't buy you? Time. Time with your kid. So that's pretty big. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, uh, Mikey Hunziker says, uh, you need an NFL dude. It's all about optics. I agree with you. Having an NFL guy would help you a lot when you're trying to recruit, especially wide receivers. Georgia has a hard time recruiting the, the top, top, top flight wide receivers. They always get good wide receivers. But get, if you're trying to get Aaron Gregory, the 2026 wideout, who's uh, one of the best in the nation, if you're trying to get him. When I speak to him, he talks about Ohio State and USC. Fair enough. I get it. Um, but if you got an NFL dude, that could help a lot. But I got, an, I got another idea for you. What if you get a guy who puts a ton of players in the NFL? What if you go out and you get a guy who just, hey, here are the 13 wide receivers I put into the NFL. Here's the 13 running backs I put into the NFL. Here are the 15, 17, 27 guys across multiple positions that I recruited to my school who we developed, who I put into the NFL. That also matters. Marshall Fleming, Terrence Edwards has personally trained every five-star receiver at Jordan the last six or seven years and is training uh, two of the top 2025 prospects uh, in the state along with uh, Lad Pickens. Yeah. I mean, Marshall, we were just talking about that, the fact that the sheer number of guys that uh, he's trained. So he's already – you know you're able to have a good coach in Terrence Edwards. No question. You know, he knows recruiting. He's a high, Georgia high school football coach. So, yeah, it would not hurt you to hire him. No question. Um, my my only hesitation, not even a hesitation, my only thought is if you're going to get a bunch of guys who are, are going to help you recruit Atlanta, the Metro Atlanta, um, you saw what a difference having a frown, Fran Brown did for you in opening up the Northeast. You know what having a James Coley would do for you in uh, South Florida and uh, Miami. Uh, maybe you get a guy who can help you recruit Texas. Maybe you get a guy who can help you recruit California. Um, again, that's not a shot at Terrence. I'm just thinking if you get a Jimmy Smith, he kind of helps you in that area. Or if you get a Terrence Edwards, you take him. Then you, as a running backs coach, maybe you get somebody who can help you recruit South Florida or uh, North Carolina. You know, North Carolina is always loaded with talent. Maybe you get someone who can help you in the uh, Mid-South, you know, the Dallas, Houston area, something like that. Uh, let's see here. Ethan David, do we think anyone follows him in regards to the running back room? That's a great question, and I absolutely think you got he's going to at least take one with him after spring practice. And that's not to say he takes one. They One of them was going to look at that running back room and go, man, you guys just brought in Trevor Etienne. This place is crowded. I'm going to go play for coach, you know, at Georgia State. Now, who? 
I'm not even going to speculate because it would just be really, uh, it, it would be the rum talking. It really would be. I did pour that too strong. So y'all let me know what y'all are drinking because I know, I know it's all just tea. Uh, Dominic says, we need a great wide receivers coach. We need five stars. We're tired of them going everywhere else. Again, you're right, Dominic. You're absolutely right. It's, you want to have that. It will help if you get one wide receiver who really is a standout. I mean, it doesn't hurt that Michael Hartman catches the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. It doesn't hurt that George Pickens is blowing up. It doesn't hurt that Lad McConkie is going to go high. You're slowly getting there, but it was the same thing that Georgia had on the defensive line. Georgia could not land defensive linemen. Every school in America was telling them the last guy they had uh, drafted on the defensive line was David Pollock 700 years ago. And it was just negative recruiting that was killing Georgia. Right now, you're getting the same thing about wide receivers. The last thousand yard receiver they had was Terrence Edwards. You know, it, it doesn't help. If you could get a good coach in and maybe have some of those guys put up some big numbers, because right now, a lot of your passes the past few years have gone to tight ends and running backs. Maybe if you kind of feed the wide receivers and they have a big year, you can land some of those guys. Because Georgia does throw the ball. The wide receivers we talked to, who were the elite wide receivers, the five stars, they do, they know that Georgia throws the ball. But they also know that Georgia throws the ball to like 10 guys every game. And they want to put up, you know, Luther Bird numbers. They want to put up bigger numbers. They want to, they want to, they want to be hundred yard receivers eight, nine, ten times a season. So which you just not have it right now. So um yeah, you need a great wide receivers coach, but remember it's also it's not just the the coach, it's you know, it's the scheme. So um one of my favorites, uh, a damn beast media says thoughts and ideas. Uh, Holman uh, Wiggins of Texas A&M. He's been mentioned not in Georgia, but he's been mentioned as one of the top guys out there. Uh, Junior Adams at Oregon. <laughs> Don't know that you could pull him. Uh, he, I mean, again, heard really good things about him. Chris Jackson at Texas was also a name I've heard thrown about. Again, these are speculation. This is these are not people I've heard mentioned inside the program, but I've heard good things about him. And definitely uh, Marcus Davis at Auburn. Uh, they are great recruiters. And the cultural fit does determine the rest. The other thing that Kirby Smart's going to do to any of these, <laughs> I want to call them poor saps. They get paid enough that I can't call them poor saps. But when you come to a Kirby Smart interview, he's going to put you on the horns. The meeting. He's going to set you up at the whiteboard. And say, here's what the defense is showing you. What routes are you doing? What, what, what What's the play? He's going to test you in scenario-specific situations. Okay. They're going to be dead on. They're going to be very, very tough. Uh, he's going to want to know what you would do. What would you call? What is your option? What is your play? What you know? Give me something specific there. He's been very, very... Uh, brutal when it comes to interviews you can't just come in it's not the good old boy network he has to know that you can recruit he has to know that you can coach and there have been some very well-known names in the coaching community uh in the secondary specifically uh an offensive an offensive coordinator from another school came in and you know and was uh, uh the screws were put to him those guys numerous guys have Failed Kirby Smart's uh, test, if you will. 
I'm not saying that, you know, it was, there was right or wrong answers. It's just when they left, Kirby's like, no. So to your point, um, if uh, Junior Adams, Chris Jackson, Marcus Davis comes in, they're, they're going to, he's going to put them through. It doesn't matter that they have recruited a ton of guys and landed a ton of guys. He's going to put them through their paces because Kirby, Kirby holds them to the same standard that he holds his players to. You got to be the best. So show me you can do it. Um, that's a good point. Kirby's co coaching tree just keeps growing. Uh, I can guarantee you when the Georgia State job opened up, people started saying, I bet they go after Brian McClendon. I bet they go after um, uh, Dale McGee. That means there might be an opening. And all of a sudden, guys, guys are dabbing Kirby up. Hey, man, how you been? Long time no talk. Keep me in mind, if you ever have an opening on the staff, I get his phone was going nuts. I think he's in Hawaii. I think he's on vacation. I can't imagine he's gotten a, a whole lot of work, a whole lot of vacationing done with all this that's going on. Because again, you've got to replace multiple. Practice starts today's the 23rd. Uh, practice starts in 14, um, 12, less than three weeks. So spring practice will be here. And again, they like, they prepare for practice well ahead of time. So uh, he, he definitely wants to get somebody in here. Uh, good point here from uh, Hodges Bradbury. I could care less about five-star wide receiver unless they're willing to fit the team. Yes and no. I, I, I understand your what you're saying, and I believe in big team little me. But I also believe in sometimes you have to have a George Pickens. You have to have an Odell Thurman. You have to have a game changer. And they may not fit the culture. Uh, a coach a long time ago, and I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase what he said. He basically said, sometimes you have to have some assholes on the team. Guys that just won't put up with any crap. They go out and beat everybody's brains in. You know, they're not good teammates. They're not, he says, they're not good people. He called them a, Something derogatory, and I'll, I'll make it lighter to call them assholes. <laughs> That's actually cleaning up what he called. But he says sometimes, and sometimes guys whose skill set is just so beyond the pale, even if they don't fit the team, you got to have them because they'll, they'll be be against you. I mean, we all know that uh, uh, Brock Bowers, one of the best Georgia football players ever. He's also one of the best guys you'll ever meet. Unassuming, nice. You you love him. You, you love to root for him. You love everything about him. If he was a jerk, you know, if he was a complete asshole. If everybody hated him, you'd still want him on your team. Even if he doesn't fit in the locker room, you get that guy. But to your point, uh, Mr. Bradbury, I agree with you. And you want him to fit that team concept just as you want the coaches to fit. Sometimes Kirby has passed on the coach because he's like, that guy's just not a good fit for our scheme. He's not a good fit for our community. He's not a good fit for our coaching staff. So it does matter. So you were right, 100%. I'm just saying one, two, maybe three of those guys across the team, you, you, you let them not fit just because of their production is too hard to argue with. So I'm with you there. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, uh, Matthew Daniels says, how about a home-and-home home series at some point with Georgia State? Absolutely. Let's, let's get that done. That is That needs to happen. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy to see Sony James Zeus all congratulating Dale on the job. I could open up uh, my Twitter feed here, and it's you know the uh, uh, the following uh, Coach David Hills, you know uh, uh, George Foster congratulating him. I mean, uh, 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 Logan Reed, the recruiting uh, director of recruiting operations. Uh, she's impressive. I mean. You name it, they're they're all doing it. Uh, another, the entire, everybody on staff is just raving about him. So, uh, again, you won't find a guy more well liked uh, than Del McGee on the entire staff. Uh, <laughs> all dogs, all time. I hear you, Gene. Uh, yeah, this is a great point. If you can get James Coley and Traveris Robinson in South Florida, that's nuts. And you know what happened when James Coley left to go to Texas A&M? How many South Florida guys did Georgia land after that? I'm adding them up now. How many guys did they pull out of Miami? Oh, yeah. Uh, technically, Chris, four now. So three coaches Kirby Smart has to replace four. Does I mean, you remember uh, – Brand Brown goes becomes a head coach at Syracuse. Uh, Will Muschamp steps down. You get Traverse Robinson to replace him. Uh, Brian McClendon off to Tampa Bay Bucks. He and remember Brian McClendon was actually in on that Georgia State job too, so uh, he might have wound up over there as well. And then of course uh, Del McGee. So four coaches. So it's getting kind of. And uh, as someone pointed out earlier, Scott Cochran, you know, one of his support staffers. And here's the other thing. You could lose a number of analysts and support staff who go with Del McGee to Georgia State. So that happens. Uh, that, James, I'm not ready for this question. I'm, I'm going to be a little too drunk for this. How does uh, recruiting change for Georgia now that you can use third parties to negotiate NIL deals? The NCAA basically got slapped around. The judge threw out the whole uh, NIL can't be used as an inducement, you know, you know, the NCAA came after Tennessee, Tennessee sued them, Virginia joined, and right now the judge is basically siding with Tennessee and Virginia saying that the NCAA is in violation of antitrust laws. So, yeah, it's it's just going to get weird. It really is. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris has a good point. It'd be very interesting. The reaction of his current recruits with Georgia state not being a place they would likely to flip to now, uh, real quick on Brian McClendon. I don't think anybody's reported this. So this is a, a was a nine fifty one exclusive for UGA sports.com. Brian McClendon reached out to every kid that he was recruiting to Georgia and basically told them, Hey, you should still go to Georgia. Kirby smart's going to hire a great coach. Um, it's, it was a great school for me. I loved it. I love everything about it. I'm going to the NFL, but you should still go to Georgia. Very classy move on Brian McClendon's part. And I guarantee you, uh, Del McGee will do the same with all the guys he's recruiting. He's going to tell them to continue to go to Georgia. He's not going to try to flip them to come to uh, uh, Georgia State because he knows that uh, the, the guys that he's recruiting to Georgia are not going to Georgia State. But he will find a bunch of guys who will fit in at Georgia State, and I hope he kicks everybody's uh, ass in that conference. Um, 
know now that's worth a damn. Um, you, you lost me, Jeffrey. Um, yeah, this is one from uh, Mikey Hunsaker. Coley has a bad label, hard to remove. Yeah, it is hard to remove stuff like that, especially when you have a um, when it's not fair. Now, what, I, what what do I mean by that? He's listed as a lot of people go, oh yeah, got he's a god awful offensive coordinator. I do want to defend James Coley in this aspect because that was my thought as well. But when you talk to other coaches out there, they will say that James Coley and his year as an offensive coordinator, Georgia was in, was trying to do it with one hand tied behind his back. He had so many wide receivers get injured that he was basically telegraphing. The only thing that Georgia could do is basically run the ball. And if you make a team one dimensional, you beat them. So he had a tough road to row to hoe that season now does that mean he, he he's still he's a great offensive coordinator and we just don't understand i don't know i'm not saying that i'm just saying it became being shorthanded affected his play calling and his play calling not being super effective um basically got him like you said a bad label and would he be a great offensive coordinator with a healthy wide receiver core? I don't know. But sometimes, hey, life's not fair. You know, put on a helmet. It's just not fair. And James Coley would be the first to tell you, hey, it didn't work out. But does, to your point, he's got a bad label. I'd be happy to have him here with a bad label if he's pulling all those five stars from South Florida. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for it. Yeah, no more cookie cakes. The NCAA is a joke. Well, they're about to be out of business, if you ask me. I got no questions about it. Uh, coach and Claire is quite the coaching tree now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely does. That's a good one. Now, this is a good point from uh, Marvin. You could be the greatest recruiter at wide receiver, but it comes into how much money UGA is willing to spend for top uh, top tier receiver. <laughs> Let's drink some tea to that. A lot of people are kind of getting frustrated when it comes to uh, recruiting because they're like, look, it doesn't matter how tight a kid is with Georgia the last second. If somebody else comes in with a giant bag of money, everything's out the window. And yes, that does happen. It happened with Dylan Rayola. It happened with Caleb Downs. It's, it, it can happen with some of these other guys. Um, hell, if you're at FSU, you feel that that's what happened with KJ Bolden. He was recruited, committed to you forever, and then all of a sudden he signs with Georgia. Uh, but I'll, I'll put it this way. That is more the exception than the rule. If you look at the vast majority of guys that Georgia signed the last couple of years with NIL in play, what, maybe 90-plus percent of them were committed and stayed committed. A lot of them are taking less money to come to Georgia than they could be offered elsewhere. K.J. Bolden came out and flat said it. They offered out, He got offered something, a million dollars. Georgia's not paying him anywhere near that, but he wanted to come to Georgia. So. To your point, you can be a great recruiter, but if all of a sudden Ohio State shows up and says, we're going to pay you $100,000 and you were only going to pay $30,000, yeah, you're going to lose a kid. But they can't do They can't all do it. And they can't do it with every kid. And some kids will say, no, I'm fine with 30 grand a month, you know, but I need to go here and play and be uh, developed into a first round draft pick, second round draft pick, something like that. And, uh, that's a good point from uh, Jay. How many calls is Kirby getting to replace McGee? Can't imagine a shortage of great candidates. No, I made that point earlier in the show. He's getting tons of calls. He was getting them before Dell McGee was reported as being a candidate. So 
you're dead on. I'm trying to, no, don't make the, yeah, good point here, Marvin Charles. Uh, Marvin Charles, I hate that Dell's leaving, but he paid his dues and deserved a chance to be a head coach. My hat's off to a great dog. Yeah, he did pay his dues. Absolutely. Uh, Marshall says, Terrence Edwards, you get every five star of the state of UGA. I, there are 10 NFL receivers who uh, have Edwards as personally trained. Yeah. Um, I don't doubt that at all. Can you get the five stars outside the state? I think so. Man, the fact that he's the sheer number the, the the number of testimonies that would come from NFL wide receivers talking about how he helped them. Yeah, he'd be able to put together quite a little video of all these guys, you know, in their uh, NFL gear, saying, "Yeah, go play at Georgia and go be trained by Terrence Edwards." You know, so I can see that. Uh, do you think local kids are more likely to stay within the program? I do not. That kind of used to be the case. It's not anymore. Now a lot of it has to do with uh, NIL opportunities elsewhere. That's a big part of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a little bourbon on the rocks there, Chris Taylor. I got you. Ooh, Cadillac. That was a good question. A lot of people said, what about go get Cadillac Williams? Um, I don't have a good feeling for what happened with him at Auburn. I My... I question what happened there because I've heard two very different stories about what happened with Cadillac Williams at the uh, Auburn University. So therefore, <laughs> I, I, I hesitate because if one of them is true, I don't see him being hired at Georgia. If the other one's true, then he would be a great candidate. So uh, that would be very interesting to me. Right, we got a lot more comments here. Uh, real quick, I, I do want to mention Whenever we do any of these reaction pieces, you see on the screen there, I got our friends from the Rogue Shop up there, and I want to mention them real quick. Uh, when you get a chance, swing by the Rogue Shop. Try, if you have issues going to sleep, like right now, if you're up, and you're like, oh, my God, it's 10 o'clock. I'm never going to be able to go to sleep. Uh, try their gummies. They will take great care of you. If you have pain, uh, I've got a tooth issue right now. I'm going to try out some of these gummies here. Uh, they can take care of you. You have chronic back pain. You know, if you have a chronic issue, the folks at the Rogue Shop will take great care of you. If you uh, have anxiety, they can take care of you. Uh, when you get a chance, just uh, swing by the Rogue Shop. Use promo code uh, BULLDOGS10, B-U-L-L-D-O-G-S-D-O-G-S, not D-A-W-G-S, B-U-L-L-D-O-G-S-10, and you can try any of their products with getting 10% off. Now, here's the thing. If they if you're looking at their Delta 8 THC products and your uh, workplace drug test, don't get the Delta 8 products. <laughs> don't lose your job over it. But I'll tell you, the uh, gummies, the lollipops, the uh, uh, tinctures, uh, their, their sodas, uh, heck, their brownie mixes, the one, you know, basically the brownie mix stuff. Again, spring break's here. Uh, don't take any brownies that you didn't make yourself. But if you want some of the fun brownies, they got them there. Anyway, try our friends at uh, the Rogue Shop, and they will take great care of you. So, uh, again, if you have any pain issues, any uh, uh, chronic pain, uh, chronic pain, sleep problems, I have a friend who has a real problem, real problem sleeping. She takes the gummies and they help her sleep. So hit up them up, Bulldogs Tim, when you get that. 
if you want to get through there. Uh, this is a good point from uh, Marvin Charles. Need to cut down the rotation receivers from 10 to 6, and then you might have a 1,000-yard receiver. Yeah, and, and it's you don't want to say, hey, Mike, don't throw it to all those guys because you want to keep them happy because then at the end of the season, if you haven't been throwing to 10 receivers, all of a sudden everybody's transferring. You're like, what the hell's going on? We're losing everybody to the transfer portal because you didn't share the ball enough. Or you didn't develop a guy so that when you have all those receivers get hurt, like in the James Coley uh, era, uh, you know, uh, experiment, you don't have guys behind them who can make catches on third and uh, eight, and you got a guy running a uh, eight yard uh, out route, and all of a sudden he runs a seven yards. You're like, damn it, man! You get past the sticks before you turn. Point being, throwing the ball around a lot helps. Um, it makes you better but you don't get that thousand yard receiver and schools use that against you. So I'm with you, Marvin. It is a catch 22. If you get your thousand yard receiver, it shouldn't matter, but it does. Does it make you better? It helps you get better receivers, but at the same time, it hurts you during the season because you're not developing other guys. And it's really easy. Georgia does this all the time. They know who's going to get the ball. They key in on that guy. They shade him, you know, they stack him. So you get a lot of issues there if everybody knows where the ball's going. So when all of a sudden you're throwing to a guy who hasn't caught a pass in three games and he's wide-ass open, you know, on a uh, 16-yard corner route, it's like, oh, wow, perfect. So I'm with you. But if you want to get past the negative recruiting, it wouldn't hurt to have another 1,000-yard receiver. It really would not. Um, Good point here from – Jason Cancel. Still wide receivers are great, but look at the last three national champs. None of them had a superstar five-star receiver. Yes, Bama and uh, 19 LSU had them, but doesn't mean it's, it's a cure-all. No, it's not. Uh, but it does help. You know, does Georgia beat Ohio State if Marvin Harrison doesn't get hurt? Does Georgia beat uh, Alabama if they, two of their wide receivers don't get hurt? I'm not trying to be the Ohio State guys like we don't want if it wasn't for Javon Bullard. I don't want to be those guys, you know. I don't want to be the the Alabama folks who are complaining about injuries. Georgia can complain about injuries too. My point is, um, maybe the teams with the great wide receivers who who could counter your point if they hadn't been hurt, maybe that uh, changes. To your point, though, if you you can win, Georgia won two national titles without having a thousand yard receiver, superstar, five-star. Um, it would have been easier if George Pickens had been healthy. And he did have a couple catches there in that uh, first national championship that uh, really got you up off the floor. So my point is it's easier to win with them than it is without them. So why not make it easier? So I'm with you hundred percent. Uh, yeah, this is a good one here. Uh, Schumann will be the big get for head coach next year. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised somebody didn't get him this year. Um, uh, Sonny Michelle said he may have to join the staff on Twitter. These guys love Dell. They do. Everybody does. You won't find anybody say a bad bad word about him. And I can find you somebody say a bad word about just about any coach. But it, you are hard-pressed. Even guys that transfer away, you are hard-pressed to find anybody with a bad word about Dell McGee. You remember when uh, yeah, uh, Jermaine Bird? Yeah. Uh, do you remember when Del McGee kicked Georgia off campus when he was at Carver Columbus? They brought a uh, – was it Burns? 
I can't remember who he brought up. He brought up a wide receiver to the University of Georgia who was going to commit. The kid brought his whole family and he got here. He was ready to commit in person. And Georgia basically said no. The kid was embarrassed. He was so pissed off. He basically kicked Georgia off campus. And then the following year, you had Isaiah Crowell and uh, Gabe, whatever that church name that went to uh, Auburn, Gabe Wright. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's got these guys and Georgia's banned from campus. It was, it was crazy. So. Uh, the fun stuff you that you get to cover in uh, doing this for 30 years. But Del McGee, even then, nobody nobody blamed Dell for saying, look, Georgia can't come here. He's fighting for his kids. So I get it. Um, let's see here. Uh, Michael Joseph needed to, to use these coaches to open regions like Fran did. Northeast was untapped. Texas, South Florida. Exactly. I made that exact point, Michael. Uh, sometimes you want to get a guy who has a great regional roots or regional contacts. You get everybody from the state of Georgia, everybody from inside the inside the perimeter. You it's redundant, you know. Even Stacy Searles, who was around, he has been able to help because of his time in North Carolina. You have a lot of guys who were very familiar with him on when he was at the North Carolina staff uh, that he recruited in that state in that area who are looking at Georgia now. So. In other words, if you wind up getting uh, David Sanders, you could think uh, Stacey Searle's time at North Carolina. So I'm with you 100%. Yep. It's still go dogs. You're right, uh, Kadarian Jones. Should Billy Napier give Kirby a call to see about being the wide receiver, running backs coach, to avoid getting fired during the 24 season? Jason. That last name cancel. I get it. You're trying to cancel Billy Napier, man. Come on, that that's cold blooded. That is y'all are mean on a Friday night. Damn. Uh, good point from Kadarian. It was time for Dell to take a head coaching job, or at least a, an offensive coordinator. Here's the thing: he was very, very loyal to Georgia. A lot of schools were coming after him. He's waiting for a, a good uh, position to open up. He turned down some jobs. But what can happen while you're waiting for that perfect job is all of a sudden you get typecast. And they're like, oh, he's just a running backs coach. Oh, he's he's been in the business eight years. Why has no one ever made him a uh, an offensive coordinator? Why is he not accepted? Has he not been offered any jobs? Has he turned them all down? Is he scared? So sometimes you just get, hell, is Mike Boba going to Colorado State? You, sometimes you just got to say, look, I'm not just a one-trick pony. I'm not just a Georgia guy. So he, him going out uh, to Colorado State, he winds up uh, going to South Carolina, Auburn, moves around a lot. Now he's back at Georgia. Sometimes you got to leave. Um, I'm sure all of you, at some point or another, were in your job and found out that maybe you need to move to a different branch or move to a different position or move to a different uh, department and then come back to the one that you that you love the most Hell, I left Georgia uh, UGA Sports. I went to ESPN. When I came back, they made me the boss at UGA Sports. There's no way that was going to happen if I just stayed there year after year. So, again, uh, part of it also had to do with some stuff that's going on with me and Steve. We'll get into it. Water under the bridge. But the point is, sometimes you got to break out, and that's exactly what Del McGee is doing. So, very happy for him. Yeah, good point here. Uh, Georgia State doesn't have the money to flip any decent UGA roster players. That's – you're. He's going to Georgia State. And he's not really going to compete with you. The only thing he can do is offer some 
support staff guys on field coaching jobs. And that's where you could lose some really good, talented uh, support staffers. But I don't see you're going to lose a lot of players. I can see him taking uh, a, at least one running back just because the room's crowded. And a guy's like, look, uh, the NFL, well, if you can produce, it doesn't matter where you play, the NFL will find you. And they're, they, all those NFL guys know that Del McGee puts out great wide, uh, great running backs. So if I go and I ball out at Georgia State, the NFL will call me. So I could definitely see him taking at least one, mainly because the room's crowded. He just brought in three more. Uh, going to give Georgia Tech a run for the money in Atlanta. That's a great point. Now all of a sudden you got Buster Faulkner, who's kind of uh, doing a great job in recruiting down there. Now he's got Del McGee, you know, who uh, with whom he was uh, staff mates. You know, they were coworkers. Now going to be competing head to head. I love it. Uh, yeah, if Georgia's going to get if uh, Georgia State gets any dollars, be guys that we're going to see you playing time. I agree with that. Um, I like this. Uh, Thanks, uh, Lynn. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm ready for the EA Sports College football game in July. Absolutely. Uh, Marshall, college is bad news. We took off, left Texas A&M, went to the toilet. Yeah, that's that's completely wrong. That is completely wrong. You had a better coordinator, healthier wide receivers, and the Texas A&M thing had nothing to do. James Coley landed them a ton of players. The culture and the issues there ruined Texas A&M. It wasn't James Coley being on staff. He wasn't calling plays. He wasn't. That's not him. Uh, Roddy, you need to take off that sock cap. It makes you look like a monkey. Eh, I'll take it. It's the nicest thing anybody said about me in about six months. Uh, Joe Cox would be great. Yeah. Uh, a damn beast. Weak. I'm drinking water. <laughs> Probably have to work though. That's okay. Uh, is Dell taking anyone with him? I would like, keep an eye on Brandon Streeter. Again, that was a guy who was one of the architects of Clemson's glory days. Uh, he kind of got blamed for a lot of stuff that went wrong at Clemson. He wound up at Georgia. He's the offensive analyst. And I could see him going there. I could also see uh, uh, Montgomery uh, Gummy. Van Gorder, maybe going again. I hope not because I think Gummy is an absolute superstar in the making. So I hope Georgia can't hang on to him. But sometimes, you know, if he's got a position, if all of a sudden you can go be a position coach again, you got to get your foot in the door somewhere. Uh, I could see him doing that. But again, I don't know that for certain. Just theorizing guys that might go with Del McGee to Georgia State. Um, Who's the top can ideal candidates to backfill for Dell? We mentioned a bunch of them earlier in the show, but I will say that we do have a story on the front page about Jimmy Smith, you know, the Arkansas running back coach, who was the former Cedar Grove head coach. Um, just mentioning him mainly because he recently interviewed with Georgia, or so we're told. And uh, he would be an instant, uh, I won't say instant, but he would be a great transition because he's a strong recruiter. Great Atlanta contacts like Del McGee has. And uh, I think the the guys that you're recruiting, the guys you're trying to land, Chroma, guys like that, would be very excited to be recruited by Jimmy Smith, trying to recruit them to uh, uh, the, the Bulldogs. When will you sign our next five-star wide receiver? Oh, Mac. We spoke to a lot of five-star wide, uh, wide receivers. 
I don't know when you're going to sign the next one. Maybe keep an eye on Aaron Gregory, but again, that's two years from now. You go back to this uh, next recruiting class, there's not that many five stars in this recruiting class yet, um, but Mike Bobo is making inroads with them, and a lot of it will depend on who this next wide receivers coach is. The five-star guys are, they're, they're, I don't want to say finicky, but they're picky, and they've got great options you know, all over the country. So um, they're tough. And again, and Kirby Smart focuses on the end. He focuses on the inside of the line, offensive defensive line, works his way out. So that's not to say he doesn't prioritize five-star wide receivers, but there's a lot more wide receivers than there are than there are offensive tackles or defensive tackles. So most of his priority is the lines of scrimmage, and then it's the specialty players. And there's a lot of those specialty players who are available in the portal. But as you saw this last year, there were not a lot of great defensive tackles in the transfer portal. It is rare to have human beings that are six foot six, three hundred and ten pounds who can move. And that's where the, the mass mass focus is for Kirby Smart and his staff inside out. Uh, am I going to be the new coach? Dude, I can coach Georgia's wide receivers in a heartbeat. <laughs> Go catch the ball. <laughs> Go get it. Uh, honestly, just the sheer amount I've heard from Brian McClendon. Get, let's shout out to Brian McClendon, a damn good dog there. If you th- like me, you would think, oh, well, the guy that coaches the wide receivers is pretty easy. You explain the routes, you know, explain what they're supposed to do. The sheer number of things they have to do on any given play, it's mind-numbing in its minutia. Every little thing they have to remember and everything they have to do on each play is it's insane. So I joke thinking that, hey, just tell a guy to catch the ball. But no, it's uh, – I wouldn't even know where to start coaching those guys. I watched him work those guys through smash concepts and where they were supposed to be. And I felt like I didn't even, I'd never watched football before. It was so far over my head. There are a lot of guys and hell I employ a few of them whose job it is to break down film or who take it upon themselves to break down film. I've had coaches reach out to me and say, who the hell is this guy? I'm like, well, that's so-and-so he breaks down film. That blankety blank blank is completely blank blanking wrong. That's not what we were doing on that play. That was nowhere close to that. That's this guy couldn't be more wrong. He was trying to be wrong. And luckily they never they've never said that about my guys, but they've not. <laughs> uh, when we are second guessing these coaches and what they're supposed to be doing or what we think they're doing, sometimes we're not even in the right ballpark. So my point is uh, I would think well, coaching the running backs is pretty easy. Three points of contact, cover the end of the ball, bring it in tight, switch to the outside arm, you know, so that, you know, the ball's always towards the sideline, you know, hit the whole X. If you, I always say that anybody on the comment section there, your comment is, your opinion is exactly as strong as mine or better than mine or is as valid as mine. The only advantage I may have is that I get to see a little bit more. And I will say one of the best things that you, that you can do as a journalist, as somebody who covers the University of Georgia, is go to practice, even when we only get five, 10 minutes. And you see the precision and how demanding these coaches are. The 
footwork that goes into the defensive backs, how Kirby's yelling at everybody. He's yelling at all Americans nonstop because there's so many things that you have to coach up. When we say this guy is a good coach and Kirby's going to put them through their paces, I can't emphasize that enough. You have to know what the hell you're doing and you have to make those players better. You have to be able to develop them. And Kirby Smart usually has a staff full of those guys. And if you come to Kirby and say, hey, I want a job, I'm a great recruiter, and you can't show that you can develop players, he, you, you can't call a play on third and long. You can't call the proper uh, secondary to prevent third and long. You can't call the proper wide receiver routes to win a third and long. You're not going to be a coach at the University of Georgia. It's just it's, it's too critical. The season comes down to one or two plays every year. Uh, yeah, uh, Texas A&M did get some five stars out of South Florida. How did that great class work out for Texas A&M? Well, it wasn't the fact that they had five stars. That's not what brought them down. Would do you want to try to win with some three stars out of uh, ten buck two, or would you rather win out win with Miami five stars? I'll take the latter. Uh, seems like this rotation, there are a lot of solid wide receivers, but not like the five-star. Yeah. Um, to your point, though, Jason, what if you weren't throwing so much to the running backs and you weren't throwing so much to the uh, tight ends? Again, not, not just playing devil's advocate. Uh, maybe we – can you imagine if uh, Dylan Bell – Dominic Lovett and uh, Lad McConkey got six, seven more passes thrown to them per game. What kind of numbers they put up? I don't know. And that's, I'm not saying don't throw the tight ends. I'm the guy that puts out a tweet every week about you need to throw to the tight ends. I love throwing to wide receivers. James Cook was my breakout guy every game. Roddy, who's going to be the breakout player this week? James Cook. Every damn week I did that. Because I knew if you throw to him out of the backfield, he's usually covered by somebody he's going to smoke. Same with the tight ends. If you put a linebacker on uh, Brock Bowers, he's going to run past them. If you put a cornerback on him or a star on him, he's going to outmuscle them. He's just a matchup nightmare. So I'm all for throwing to the tight ends and uh, running backs. But I get to your point there. If you want to shrink the rotation and throw to those guys more, it's probably going to be good. But at the same time, you get better matchups sometimes spreading the ball around. It's a catch twenty two. There's not a there's not a good uh, win there. So. Hey, uh, folks, I have to finish this up here. I'm getting a call from somebody I need to talk to. So. Hi, um, do you think Roderick has the potential to be a starter? I do think Roderick Robinson does have the potential to be a starter. I'll call this guy back here in a minute, but Walter Nola was the outlier. I love it. Kirby should go to Florida wide receiver. Coach. <laughs> all right, folks, that's all the time I have for this uh, uh, reaction show. Uh, we will be back. Check with us this Sunday. Where our guys will have the uh, uh, Sunday uh, all things Georgia show. And then Monday, or excuse me, Tuesday at noon, we will have coach uh, Jim Donnan on here and he will be talking about this and we'll get his reaction. This should be pretty good. All right. We'll talk to you later. Take care.